Hey gorgeous, welcome to the Bernadette Jackson podcast where we are redefining how the world views women with daddy issues by discussing topics, sharing stories, and gaining insights all from the perspective of a fatherless daughter. I'm your host, Bernadette, the creator of Her Way Relationship Intensive and your favorite fear investigator. If this is your first time here, here's what I want you to know. The fear of abandonment and rejection is the lens through which fatherless daughters do most things. It informs how they show up in every relationship. Most fatherless daughters are operating in the fear of abandonment cycle and they don't even know it. Each week, I focus on a topic that highlights how fear shows up in our lives, either through conversations with others or deep dives into the insights that I have. If you'd like to know if you're on the fear of abandonment cycle, go to BernadetteJackson.com slash FOA cycle and take my free assessment. Again, that's BernadetteJackson.com forward slash FOA cycle. Hey, so thank you guys for joining us in another episode of the Bernadette Jackson podcast. Tonight we have with us a really, really great guy. His name is Carlos, and he is an athletic director in Charlotte, North Carolina, who is currently transitioning to South Carolina. In addition to being an athletic director, he is also a husband of 18 years and a father of three, two of which are daughters. During the last 15 years, he has learned the importance of a father's role, particularly in girls' lives. And he is excited to share the lessons that he's learned over the years. Carlos, thank you so much for coming on to the show tonight. Glad to be here. You know, when you started reading the bio, you said 18. And mm. in my mind, I was thinking you was getting ready to say the father of eight kids. I was like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> Absolutely not. Could you imagine? Oh, man. <laughs> Ooh, Lord. Listen, Rough. anyone who has more than two or three kids, I'm like, mm-hmm. God bless you, because that's a superpower right there. It's a yeah. superpower to me. Now, I'm going to tell you what, I, I probably would have wanted to have more, but my wife told me I was on my own after the third one, so it was a wrap. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think that sounds about right. <laughs> So I know that you have two daughters, three children all together. Mm-hmm. How long have you been a girl dad? Um, Jordan was born in 06. Mm. So what's that? Been a girl dad about 15 years. And um, to be honest, you know, every dad or every guy, you know, thinks of when they have a child, you know, they want that boy. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I found out that, um, we picked out names and we kind of did unisex names because, you know, didn't know if it was going to be a boy or girl. So we came up with uh, Chance. We came up mm. with Jordan, you know, a couple other names. But once you have that baby girl, it's, it's nothing like a daddy's girl at mm-hmm. all. I bet. I bet. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because I feel like there isn't enough um, popularity around girls names that are more unisex because I wanted to do that as well like I wanted to name my daughter Dylan and her father was like no ma'am 
you're, we're yeah. not doing that. That's a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. So we had to like have a middle ground and we settled on Jalen and I had to sneak that in there because he didn't know that that was unisex as well. But I'm like, you know what? <laughs> ha ha, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Dylan. I like it. Yeah, me too. I was yeah. like, Dylan, Brianna, like that sounds really cool. I'm like, yeah. why you can't get with that? Yeah. But listen, so how would you say your relationship with your daughters has changed how you view and treat women? Well, you, to be honest, I've always treated women the way that I saw my father and my older brother treat women. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I've never seen my dad um, like physically or mentally abuse my mom or, or, or even, you know, he kind of treated her as an equal. Um, so that made me want to do the same and model that same behavior um, to my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, just modeling what I've seen. And yeah. that's good, modeling what you've seen. And uh, you spoke a little bit about the fact that your mom and your dad were always equals. Your father treated her like that. Yes. So modeling what you saw, is it is that how you wanted your daughters to maybe experience their first relationship with a man with you so that when they're in relationships as well, they can say like, okay, I would like my husband or my significant other to be like my dad was where he treated my mom like she was an equal and he treated me like, you know, I had a voice and even though I was a child, I might have, you know, still been given some autonomy. Like, would you say that that's how you did things? Absolutely. Um, I even watch... Sometimes if I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a human, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a dad yeah. and, you know, kids get on your nerves sometimes, you know, mm -hmm. and, I, and I love them to death, but they can take you to that point. But yeah. I, I watch how I handle that situation or any situation with my daughter, because I don't want her to get used to a man yelling at her, mm. you know, or, um, and, and I remember once before I, I told my wife, we were joking one time. And, and I think one of my cousins um, wanted like some candy. It was something very simple from my daughter. And he would pretend as though he was crying if he didn't get it. And I told her and I told him and I was like, hey, I don't want that trait to be in my daughter where, you know, if a guy cries, I mean, and that's something small, but I mean, mm -hmm. you never know how that could matriculate towards them in their life. You know, if he cries, let me give him what he really wants versus, yeah. you know, Hey, this is my candy. You can cry all you want. It's too bad, too sad, get over it. So, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of just, I guess, creating, um, artificially creating those situations for my daughter so that, you know, she can grow um, and learn from them as she gets older. Yeah, I love that because I feel like there is not enough intentionality with how we raise yes. girls, you know, and I feel like the the way in which we raise our daughters really is going to set the tone in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And if we're not thinking about how certain kinds of behaviors could end up being the manipulation that they end up yes. sort of coming to all the yes. time, then, then it's, you know, it's almost a disservice because it's like, okay, um, I tried to do the best that I can, but some of these things slip through the cracks and sometimes it's the, it's the simplest thing. So I love yes. that you think about those things because I, 
honestly, like they really do make all the difference when she gets older and she starts experiencing men, you know, in romantic relationships. Oh man, I'm, I'm, whew, I'm, I'm my mind, I have to get my mind wrapped around that one. So, yeah. <laughs> but yes, romantic relationships. Okay. Yeah. I know, I know it's a tough one, trust me, because I'm still yeah. trying to wrap my mind around my daughter talking to me about the fact that she would like to start group dating when she's in high school. And I'm like, group dating? dating? How old is she? What? She's 13. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, I don't know about that. But I definitely get what you're saying. So mm-hmm. how would you describe your relationship with your daughters now? It's... It, it, the my youngest she's eight so it's definitely a daddy daughter you know um early stage type relationship um my oldest daughter she's 15 and and she you know again 100 she knows i'm daddy mm. right so she never crosses that line but it's almost like we're friends you know we we're able to um i like hanging out with her you know, sometimes if if no one will go with me to the grocery stores, she'll come and, you know, we'll hang out. We, you know, we're, we're kind of alike where we don't need to plan anything where my wife, you've got to give her a schedule. You know, she's got to know we're going here. Then we're going yeah. to do that with with myself and Jordan. We can just leave the house and we may end up anywhere. And, mm-hmm. and it is what it is. And so I, I like hanging out with her, just having fun and just creating, you know, that relationship where she can come tell dad anything. Mm-hmm. I love that. So she's your travel partner. I love that. Yeah. yeah. She's my travel partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When my, when I was younger, my grandfather used to take me around like that too. And mm-hmm. it's why now, like, I really love road trips. He had this this brown van that looked like one of those vans in the 18, like, you know, that yeah. show from back in the day. Yeah. And he would put a bed in the back of that van and let us like watch the stars out of the window as he was traveling with us at mm. night. And I'm like, wow. I mean, experiences like that, where you don't know where you're going, but you know, you're with, you know, like somebody who's safe, you know, you yeah. got that male figure there, you mm-hmm. know, nothing is going to happen and you're going to have a good time because you're with them. Like those are the memories that you really hold on to. So yeah. I love that. So we, we'll go out of town sometimes and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll, I'm an early riser. So we'll wake up and everyone else will be asleep. And I'll be like, Hey, Jordan, let's, you want to go out? we may walk up the street or we may drive up the street. And like you say, just creating those experiences. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I promise you, like, those are going to shape how she wants to be treated in relationships and just like what she expects. So I love that. Um, Would you say that you had to, to maybe search yourself or your views and your beliefs or habits when you were thinking about raising your daughters? Um. I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that I did. Um, again, I just think that it came natural um, just from, you know, my upbringing. So, mm. you know, I just want to, again, create experiences and and memories just like my parents created for me and my sister right. and my brother. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, I think a lot isn't really said about the fact that the way you are brought up can really color how you decide to parent. 
And sometimes mm -hmm. it's, you know, either good or bad. Like, you know, honestly, like it can swing either way, but because you're saying that you had such a, a great upbringing, you know, you mm -hmm. saw the, the relationship and the dynamic between your parents, like there really wasn't anything for you to, to change. Is that about right? Like, well, it, it, follow the example. Well, we, there are some things that, you know, again, my parents raised me the best way they could, you know, mm -hmm. we uh, talk about that all the time. Um, but one of the things that I think they did unintentionally that we're trying to do intentionally is remove the mindset of thinking small, mm. right? So when, when I graduated high school and my wife graduated high school, it was kind of like, you know, what college are you going to, you know, don't go too far away because we need to be able to get to you mm -hmm. or, you know, don't, um, don't, you know, like we've never said we wanted to be an actor or a singer because that's not a, a field that, you know, just go to college and get a regular job, you know? Right. So we, you know, if she wants to go to college in California, go for it, you mm -hmm. know? So don't want to limit them. Don't want to limit their thinking. Um, so that was something that we kind of learned and I kind of went the other direction in the way that we were raised as kids. If, if you get what I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I do. Um, I, I definitely think that I get it. So what I'm hearing you saying is that your parents wanted you guys to play it safe. And because yes. you realize that that's not really what you want for your children, you guys are intentional about making sure that they understand that whatever dream they have is going to be supported by you. And so long as, you know, they're trying and whatnot, you got their back. Is that Absolutely. what I'm hearing? Absolutely. Now they may come off the wall and say, I want to be a, I don't know, make up something. And I may tell them, yeah, sure. Now we may get in the back room and be like, baby, what are they talking about? What, what are they doing? So, but we just got to support it and let them mm -hmm. filter their way through it and go from there. I love that. Okay. So then with your daughters and the fact that you were brought up the way you were, you and your sister had the relationship you did with your parents. What is it that you want your daughters to know as a result of their relationship with you? That I love them unconditionally, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I'm sensitive, so I, I cry in a heartbeat. So I'm, you're fine. I'm starting <laughs> to tear up now, but um, I love them unconditionally. Yeah. You know, um, I always be there for them and um, just know, you know, just the sky's the limit for them, mm -hmm. regardless of what society, you know, what holes they may try to put on, you know, African-American females, the sky's the limit, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I, I get that. I completely get that. And with that, which, you know, just with everything that we've been talking about, what piece of advice would you want your daughters to never forget, even if they're not in your presence? Be who you are. Mm. You know, be who you are, um, you know, and don't try to, I guess, fit into society's mold, mm -hmm. you know, just be you and, and know your value and um, you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Honestly, like that is one of the you got me crying on the podcast. <laughs> Gosh almighty. <laughs> 
That's that really is one of the messages that I think a lot of fatherless daughters have not received. Yeah. And it's why it's so important for us to be able to experience that um, father relationship, even if it's not with our biological father, if it's a male mentor or someone who has decided to take you under their wing or whatever it is, a lot of the value that we typically get is going to come from the validation of others as we're growing up. And so if you don't receive that, then it's really hard for you to kind of, you know, figure it out on your own. It's super hard for you to understand that. So I love that you said that because honestly, there is nothing more empowering, I think, than a person showing up as their most authentic self. Yes. Because when you do that, you're able to really have the kinds of deep connections that we yearn for. Like, you know, as humans, connection is what we really want, regardless of what people say, we were made for it. And if you don't show up authentically, no one can really get to know who you are. And they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're learning who you, who you present, you know, your representative or maybe this persona that you've created. But a lot of times being your most authentic self, as hard as it is, like that is where you end up finding who your people really are. Yes. And it's in those relationships that, you know, you kind of, you, you get to have the kind of support that you need and the love that you've always wanted and whatnot. So I really love that. And honestly, like sometimes I just wish that there was like a formula where you can say, okay, all you got to do is this, this, and this, and yep. this is how you end up showing up as your most authentic self all the time. But truth is, it's not like that. No. And it's a decision that you have to make every single day, moment to moment. So I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. Before we get back into this week's goodness, I want to invite you to join my private Facebook community, Her Coalition. I make it my business to create safe spaces for fatherless daughters to learn, grow, and heal. And Her Coalition does just that. We go deeper into conversations about the things that we discuss here on the podcast. I teach a new topic weekly, we share stories, and we just support and love each other. It's a space I wish I had growing up when I was clueless about how my fatherlessness affected me and yearning for a deeper connection, but I was just too paralyzed with the fear of rejection. Healing happens in community with like-minded and like-hearted people, and I would love to be in community with you. So join her coalition at BernadetteJackson.com forward slash community. The ladies of her coalition get to choose the topic of weekly discussions. They get exclusive access to events and first dibs on all that my brand has to offer. So again, join me in her coalition at BernadetteJackson.com forward slash community. What um, advice would you give a young girl who is growing up without her father? What would you say? Um, that even though you you may not have a a father in the house, um, there you know, growing up in certain situations, there there are always examples, you mm-hmm. know. There, there, there are always examples. There are always, you know, friends who have, you know, male figures in the house or around. Um, so I, I, I would, and, and that's a good, that's a tough question uh, because you don't want 
them to go searching mm-hmm. for for a male figure. Um, but I, I would say that it doesn't always have to come from a male, you know. Um, you know, there's some strong black women out there as well um, mm-hmm. that they can kind of model themselves after and 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 I guess get advice from and that that type of thing. So I guess my advice would be, you know, you don't always have to get, I guess, information or advice from from your stereotypical person. Mm. If if, if uh, you know, and that I kind of floundered around that because I really. I don't know what I would give them yeah. as far as advice goes. Cause that's, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but just, just still just being yourself. Yeah. 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 That's I, a tough I, one. Yeah, it is. It is a tough one. And I feel like it's, it's, it's sensitive, mm-hmm. but, and it's, it's also a hard question to answer because not, not every fatherless daughter has had the same kind of experience so you know like advice sometimes is not going to be one size fits all so I definitely get that now um even with that like I mean as tough as that question is like here's another one for you because I know that usually when we think of fatherless daughters there's always a negative connotation to it or women with daddy issues is really what we Mm -hmm. hear a lot it's always negative so what's the first thing that comes to mind when someone says oh she has daddy issues what do you typically think about the dad is either not there or or not present Mm. um you know um not being able to 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 handle and now and, and, and again i'm coming from a position of a teacher slash athletic director mm. to a student mm. right so in that aspect you know when when you say that she has daddy issues you know she's not used to a male figure um i guess raising their voice or or being direct and stern um, that type of issue. But yeah. if you're saying that she has daddy issues coming from a relationship piece, right? I, mm-hmm. I take it as, you know, she's used to being the head of the household, not necessarily letting them, the male, you know, be the head of the household and walk, walk together type of thing. Right. So, I mean, I guess it just depends on, on what level mm-hmm. or we're speaking on as, as far as daddy issues go. Yeah, I, I, man, I really love that you said that because we don't really think about it in terms of the age of Mm -hmm. the person who we're talking about. And I feel like you really hit on something that's so um, important. And I want to, I just want to amplify it a little bit because honestly, when you don't have a father in your life, any kind of male energy can be like scary, can be looked at mm-hmm. as a threat, can be, mm-hmm. can be, you know, looked at as, you know, like some kind of a front to you as a person when really like this is just, you know, what masculinity is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you're not used to that and you've not experienced it in, in any kind of real way, a lot of it really does 
it almost seems like it's an attack. And sometimes it, it really just isn't. It's just like, okay, this person is just speaking to you sternly, like you said, yes. or direct. And, you know, you don't understand that energy because you're used to maybe beating around the bush, you know, like just, you know, softer tones and whatnot. So I love that you mentioned that as well as, you know, a woman not understanding, you know, true partnership and relationship and having to have done everything on her own. And so like that level of independence that she has always had to carry is not something that she's able to lay down so that, you know, her and her partner can now be in this relationship and really think about how they want to move forward healthily, you know? So I love, yeah, I love that you said that. Yeah. And it, and I mean, it, it, I, I experienced it a lot. Um, in education. Um, and, and I've had, you know, after breaking it down to young females, I've had them to say, you know, Miss Richardson, I've never really dealt with the male figure. So, you know, I'm, I, I apologize, but I did not. I mean, it's just a new experience for me. Yeah. And, yeah. and it is the way that I speak with my kids or to my kids versus the way that Jamaica speaks to the kids. It's totally different. Right. And I'm sure it's the same with you and your husband. It's yeah. just, you know, both mean the same thing, but mm-hmm. I can say, go pick that candy up. And it just sounds a little, di- a little mm-hmm. rougher than my wife saying it. So right. it's just, you know. Yeah, I, I definitely get that um, 100%. So we are kind of turning the corner now to where we're about to, to hit the last five questions that I like to ask. And I call this segment Bernadette's Quick Five. And so it really just is where I'm asking you some quick questions. You just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. There's no wrong answers. You ready? Uh-oh. Ready. <laughs> okay. All right. So what has been your favorite Father's Day gift so far? They don't give fathers good Father's Day gifts. Hmm. We only get, no, nah, I'm joking. Let me stop. Let me, <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop. I'm like, uh, I'm going to stay mom on that. <laughs> we, my favorite Father's Day gift was a shirt that I got from um, Jordan when mm-hmm. she was probably about five and she put like fingerprints or something all over it. You know, I can no longer wear the shirt, but it's still hanging up in my closet. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's so sentimental. Okay. Um, would you be happy if when Jordan turns 18, she brings home the 20 year old version of you? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you have just always been a great guy. There's just been no deviation. Listen, listen. I mean, of course, all guys come with something. Uh-huh. Right? And I'll, I'll admit, I, I did come with a little something, but for the most part, I was a good guy. Okay. I love that. I love that. What is your hope for your daughters? My hopes is for them to be whatever they want to be, mm. or, you know, to do whatever they, to live their life to the fullest and, and just be happy. Okay. I like that. So I know that you said that your daughters are not dating yet, but what warning or maybe conversation would you have with the young man who's taken Jordan out for the, her first date? Her pawpaws are crazy. <laughs> you know that her paw not the daddy. Her <laughs> pawpaws are crazy. Uh huh. <laughs> so the pawpaws would tell me, "Listen, you're young. You have a family. Don't you do it? 
I'm an old man. Let me handle it. <laughs> Let oh, me handle have, it. Wow. Pawpaws are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. And when your daughters get to be the age where they are going out and they're only doing the things, what form of protection would you like them to have so that they stay safe in the streets without you? Um, that's a tough one because I, I don't, I don't believe in, in guns and, you know, things yeah. of that nature. Um, just, just being smart, you know, mm. just being smart, um, mm -hmm. being in the, you know, right place at the right time and, and not in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, just being smart, using their intuition to kind of make decisions about how to maneuver. Yeah. Okay. I like that. The last few interviews that I've done where I've asked that question, a lot of the men have said things that were outside of the norm in terms of just like, you know, like their intuition, like, you know, having mm -hmm. discernment and stuff like that. And just mm -hmm. using like, you know, the lessons that I've taught you. So I really like when I hear answers like that, because the, the question really doesn't have to go to like, you know, a taser or a gun yeah. or, you know, any of that thing. Mm -hmm. But so I, I like that. So I just want to thank you, Carlos, for coming on. I really appreciate you giving me your time. And uh, I wanted to give you the opportunity to say one more thing, if you have it before we end tonight's podcast. Um, I, I just thank you for, you know, allowing me to uh, be a part of your platform. And, you know, just to any anytime we can speak positive and, mm. and just put positive energy in the world, man, I'm, I'm all for it. So, um. I just appreciate you giving me the platform. I'm so happy you came. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you in the next one. Bye.